A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Many years ago, before I even started my group practice, I was wondering how can I learn the business aspect of psychology. So I searched online, and by accident, I found a podcast called "Practice of the Practice" by Joe Sanek. Since then, a new door was opened for me. So today, I'm running my own group practice, and I host several podcasts just like Joe. So if I want to thank several people in my life, I would say Joe definitely is one of them. So I'm really excited to have Joe Senek on the show today, bringing his new book. Thursday is the new Friday. He will share with us as entrepreneur what we can do to help us calm down the busy mind and rest well, slow down. And eventually sleep better. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm your host Ishan. Let's welcome Joe Sanek. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Ishan, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such an honor to have you. You are such an influencer in my life、uh, for me to build up my group practice and then going to podcasting world. So so happy to have you, and so excited for your new book. Oh, thank you so much! It's always fun to meet people that have followed my work and and really got good outcomes from it. Great! So I know you have a new book out, and I know yourself is a very successful entrepreneur.、Uh, so I'm wondering for our listeners today, is there anything you want to share about how entrepreneurs can sleep better? You know, which is a common struggle when we work so busy, when our minds are so active. Yeah, I think that the big concept from the book is really that we don't do our best work when we're stressed out, when we're maxed out, when we're running full tilt all the time. You know, you think about when your very best ideas come. It's usually, you know, you're in the shower, or you're out for a hike, or you're you're taking a drive, or it could be even right before you're falling asleep. When our brains slow down, that's when different parts of the brain connect and talk to one another. And so, if we just start with the concept that. We don't need to believe in the hustle culture of just burning ourselves out in order to do good work in the world. When we think about sleep, I mean that's such an important component of slowing down. I even think about this event that I host every summer called Slowdown School, where you know I pick up these entrepreneurs、uh, in a big yellow school bus. I mean I don't pick them up like I have a bus driver.、Um, so we we get picked up at at the airport. And we drive out to Lake Michigan, and we stay right on the water, and have an executive chef cook for us. And being in the fresh air and not having all the stress, so many people say, "Oh, I slept so well. Oh my gosh, I like didn't know my body needed this." And you know, even one guy I remember, he said, "Like, I'm not going to be at the morning yoga. I'm just going to sleep and sleep and sleep." And he just slept until probably eleven o'clock. And, and so to do that for two days, and then on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning. To just run full tilt towards their businesses, it's exciting to see how much more they get done in a shorter period of time because they're listening to their bodies. They're getting back to that natural rhythm of what we need with our our sleep and our eating and exercise. That when we're moving our bodies, we sleep better, and when we sleep better, we want to move our bodies. And just this cycle 
that we can break from kind of that hustle culture. It's so amazing to see. Wow. I really like that approach because a lot of time in my show, I interview a lot of sleep doctors. We talk about, well, what we can do exactly for your sleep, how to switch the time, doing some wind down. But a lot of time we, we ignore or we don't talk enough about how our busy daily life, how our stress really play a big role into our, how much sleep we get, how much rest we get and exactly how to slow down. So I think it's such a important and smart idea to have this slow down school and hope to read more in your book chapter about that, about how to slow down. That's so difficult. <laughs> well, and even if you just take the typical entrepreneur going full tilt all day, and then maybe they're playing with their kids, but while they're playing with their kids, they're thinking about new ideas. And you know, entrepreneurs typically are doing work they want to do, not because they have to, but because they have chosen a particular path. If you constantly have all of this jumbled in your head and you don't have a process for, okay, I'm playing a game with my kids and I have this great idea. If you don't have a way that you put that into a Trello board or into a note or save that, your brain wants to hold on to that good idea. And then it's bedtime and you haven't written it down. You haven't put it in some sort of journal or online note. And so your brain's going to keep mulling that over. And so it's going to be harder to fall asleep. And so these systems of, of saying we, we need to slow down and we also need to recognize that we need to capture good ideas. We need to make sure that there's other things that we do. They help you with sleep, but they also help you then with retaining those good ideas and slowing down more during the day. Yeah. So have you noticed any effective way to help these busy minds to slow down? Um, because if, I think if we just say slow down, this is a good concept. Possibly makes sense to a lot of us. Um, but I see a lot of people, they still have trouble to incorporate that in their daily life. I yeah. think that's amazing. Possibly a lot of magical things happen in your slow down school. I'm curious, anything you notice that is helpful? Well, I think that if you're going to take a three-day weekend instead of a two-day weekend, what does that mean for your work week? Well, that means you're squeezing the same amount of things that you need to get done into four days. And so for most people, that means a couple of things. They're going to drop the ball on the least important things. And you're going to have to learn to let go of that or outsource it or have somebody else do it. They're going to speed through things unnecessarily fast, um, or they're going to need to set up some automations and outsource some things to some people. And so what it forces you to do in those four days is the very best work is what you spend your time doing. You know, there's things that only I can do. I can't send my assistant to come and be on your podcast. I can't have my assistant go do, you know, a bunch of other video interviews. Like they want to interview the author. And so this is a great use of my time. Whereas going through every single email, I can have my director of details go into my email and reply to most of those emails. And then let me know if there's some high level emails that come through. And so when you start to think about this during the work week of, I'm going to do the best use of my time and then try to outsource or eliminate the rest, that then carries over into your personal life. Where on the weekend, instead of just saying, I had this to-do list of mowing the lawn, of going shopping, of just being stressed all weekend, you start to say, okay, what do I want this weekend to be? What do I want for my kids? What do I want for myself individually, for my relationships with people? What does that look like? You then start to say, I'm going to do those things first or schedule those in first. And the other things are going to take a back seat. And then there's certain things that you just have to do, you know, like you can't just run out of food, but then you have lots of options. You know, if you find, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. Well, maybe you Instacart it. Maybe you figure out a different way to do it. Maybe you go shopping on Monday morning 
and take the first couple hours off instead of working full tilt. And, and so then you start to get creative to design the kind of life that you want, both personally on the weekend and professionally during the week. Wow. Yeah, I really like that. Sounds like it's about not about just work hard. It's about how to work smart. Yeah, well, and, and if you're doing the work that only you can do, you're going to level up with fewer hours. And so, you know, I'm doing 200 podcast interviews in, in August and September of 2021 around the book. And so if I'm running full tilt doing that, sure, I could do other things that would make money. I could do consulting or I could grow our membership community or any of that. But if I truly believe that having a New York Times bestselling book is going to open doors for me, is going to be an amplifier then I need to genuinely put my time into that big thing. Whereas most people, they don't really think through the strategy of where am I spending my time? What's that big thing that can help me get to that next level or at least open those doors to the next level? And so once you have that lens where I know that if I have free time, it's got to be around the book. You know, the last two years, that's the big creative goal. I keep the plate spinning of the business, but then the big stretch goal is going, you know, after the book. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So for your book, the title actually is quite appealing called Thursday is a new Friday, right? I see the picture right behind you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea is that, you know, when we think about how Fridays have been throughout history, you know, since 1926, when Henry Ford gave us the 40 hour work week. So less than a hundred years ago, this thing that feels so true to us, the 40 hour work week was started. Before that, people worked 10 to 14 hour days, six to seven days a week. So it was a big step at the time for the evolution of business, for worker rights, for all sorts of things. But now living in a post-pandemic world, we have outgrown that industrialist mindset. And so even in the 80s and 90s, we saw that Friday really was less and less of a worked day. It was a day that people started planning their weekends. We might have a birthday party or a baby shower at the office. It really was a half worked day. And so the idea is, well, why don't we just take that half worked day, integrate that into Monday through Thursday, make Thursday the new Friday, and then let's just let Friday start hanging out with the weekend like it's wanted to do for a long time anyway. Wow. I like that concept. I think if entrepreneurs can do what you just suggested, really uh, leverage certain work to other people. And so not only help them focus better, possibly can also help them relax better if they have a three-day weekend. So I'm guessing you are working like this, having three-day weekend for a while? Yeah. So right when I left my full-time job in 2015, that summer, uh, I did an experiment, which I talk a lot about using experiments to try things out, to try these concepts out for yourself. Uh, this isn't a book that's just prescriptive. Here's exactly what you have to do. It's here's the menu for you to do your own experiments. So I, I trust that the reader is smart enough to be able to implement this and try it and adjust. So they're learning over time for their particular situation. So for that summer, I took Fridays off and looked at the numbers and every single month was better than the month before. And I was working fewer hours. So then I kept that Friday off and then continued to do time experiments moving forward after that. So even during this book launch, it's a Monday through Thursday busyness. And then Fridays are still free. Oh, wow. Have you noticed when you have three-day weekends, you are, uh, what are some benefits for yourself? Do you focus more on family life or do you, are you able to read more books? I'm very curious how to use the time. <laughs> Yeah. So I really don't try to read books that are like business books over the weekend. I try to keep my business brain kind of stuck in that Monday through Thursday. 
Uh, if I think about how that weekend looks, I have hard boundaries and soft boundaries. So a hard boundary might be, uh, for example, if there was a consulting client that wanted to work with me one-on-one, but the only day that they could work with me was Friday mornings, I would never take that client. That's not something I would do because that's a hard boundary that I don't do any consistent work on a Friday. But if there's some sort of emergency that pops up and my assistant texts me on a Friday morning, I'm not just going to let it sit till Monday. So I'll take care of it. And then we'll talk about what are the things that happened that can't happen in the future? Why did this emergency happen? Why was it that you didn't have enough information to handle it without me? And so really being able to then reverse engineer it. Or even yesterday is a great example. There's been a consultant that I've wanted to work with that's going to look at a lot of our systems with practice to practice. And we were just having a really hard time figuring out a time to meet. And so yesterday at the time of this recording was a Sunday. Um, Typically, I would never do work on the weekend, but I had taken all Friday off, all of Saturday off. My daughters are with their mom. Um, And so I decided, you know what, three o'clock on a Sunday for a couple hours to talk through something now instead of waiting till November to do it. That, that to me was better to make that decision to meet. So I have those soft boundaries as well, where there's some wiggle room. And so I think even looking at what are the hard boundaries, what are the bookends for my day? Uh, so when my daughters are here, I'll give them a hug before I go to work and say, daddy's going to work, even though it's in the same house, but it's like, daddy's coming to work. And then after that, when I'm done, I give them a hug and say, daddy's home from work. So they know that I'm done working and then I'm fully present to be a father with them. Yeah, so uh, I think it's so important, especially for us in the psychology field, uh, as well as in the business field, the the boundary, I really like the distinguish between hard boundary and soft boundary. That way you have a lot of flexibilities to handle possible emergencies at the same time can enjoy the quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. So do you say your book is mostly for, you know, entrepreneurs or people who are self-employed? Uh, if people have a nine to five job, Monday to Friday, right? Can they benefit from your book? Yeah, it's really interesting. It started as being aimed at kind of small business owners, entrepreneurs, but then we've seen larger corporations really get interested in it. So for example, um, Nissan Infinity Canada brought me in to speak to them and Nissan bought 400 books for their staff to look through it um, and to possibly implement it. Um, so we're seeing that there's a ton of experiments that are going on um, where Kickstarter, for example, is moving to a four-day work week and I'm doing a talk with them um, next month and being able to really look at these larger corporations that are making the switch. And I think that as we see countries like Sweden and um, Iceland and New Zealand and Spain and Portugal that are all trying four-day work weeks in a variety of ways, the Iceland study of 2,500 people that worked four-day work weeks that were as productive and happier is really making kind of larger corporations take notice. So originally it was aimed at small business owners, but now we're seeing a lot of corporations that are purchasing the book and then bringing me in kind of as a consultant and speaker to help them implement it. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And I think globally, we are focusing more happiness and well-being, especially mm-hmm. psychological well-being more and more. And hopefully the concept you are promoting, the concept you are trying to educate people about can benefit more people in their work life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I also agree. I think uh, it possibly have to change from the corporate level. If we have a stuck in a uh, like Monday to Friday job, possibly there's limited things we can do. But I don't know whether you have any suggestions for people who are not Uh, having the chance of running their own business or they're still thinking about it. 
Yeah. So what we're seeing work best with, with companies of small groups that want to implement Thursday is the new Friday is often it starts with a small team of anywhere from five to eight. So it might be a team within a department. It's helpful if everyone has very similar roles. You don't want a very diverse team in regards to accounting and HR and sales. You want kind of similar roles together. So oftentimes they'll read the book together uh, and then they'll meet with their supervisor and they'll propose an experiment. So the way that looks is they will have done some research around what are their key performance indicators as a team. So what are the two, maybe three KPIs of how they're typically judged? So it could be number of sales, sales they make. It could be finances in. It could be some sort of customer satisfaction. It could be some other outcome. So they'll then present that to their supervisor. And the supervisor, you know, the way you want to frame it is we want to continue to be innovative and creative. If this experiment is successful, that's going to make you look great as a supervisor. Here's how we're going to give you data. Here's how we're going to tell you how we're going to change things. Uh, so we're proposing this four-day work week. Then that team will say, what are the boundaries around that work week? And so are we, when we leave at five or six, are we never checking our email that evening till the next day? Uh, if we leave on Thursday, are we checking email? Are we responding? Are we talking? Because it just takes one person that starts emailing and then everyone else feels guilty, like they're going to miss out on something. So you want a collective culture as you enter this experiment. You want the experiment to be at least two months, ideally three months, because then you have some ebb and flow that you can have. So then each week, um, even if your supervisor doesn't expect weekly updates, you want to have some sort of reporting of the KPIs. So we're up 2% here, we're down 5% here, uh, we're on track here, and then saying, what are we going to do to improve outcomes next week? So, you know, we're down 2% in sales. Here's what we're doing to boost those sales so that you're giving those outcomes to that supervisor on a regular basis. And then at the end, you want to have a full 360 review where you sit down with the data. You say, here's how it worked. Here's what went well. Here's what didn't go well. Do we think that this could be a model that we try a second experiment on? And so by taking that through and making sure your supervisor has lots of information, that they're able to know what the key performance indicators are, changing the culture for that group, you don't think that those people are going to bust their tails to do a four-day work week if they know that potentially they could keep doing that. We see that that really works with teams when they start to try these types of models and experiments. Wonderful. Wow. Uh, make me really curious about your book. When your book going to get launched? Uh, yes, so October 5th, 2021 is when uh, it's, it uh, is launched. Um, people can pre-order it now through Amazon or wherever they get their typical books. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for bringing us this uh, wonderful coming up book, Thursday is a new Friday. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. If you like what Joe shared, you can go to our show note at deepintosleep.co and you can find the link to his Book page for the pre-order. If you want book sleep coaching service from me, you can find my information on the show note as well. If you speak Chinese, I also provide online courses for sleep improvement in Chinese, and the website is mindbodygarden.com/course. I have two courses: one to improve your sleep quality, one is CBT for insomnia four-week intensive treatment course. Please feel free to choose whatever fits your needs the best. Thank you for your support of our Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Yishan. I will see you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. 
This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.